I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch. My dad used to say to us, never follow sports, it'll never put a dime in your pocket. Get your education sports, because you know, when he sat in front of the TV, gone are the days, or not, not are the days like we have now, where in my house, we have four TVs, and if I'm watching something and they don't want to watch it, they just find another TV. I had to watch what he watched, and often Saturday night, Wednesday night, it meant the cronies were over and there was a hockey game on or there was a football game on Sunday. So Mark and I sat in front of the TV and watched that. But we got the lecture. Same way Jean had it from his dad. Never follow sports, never put a dime in your pocket. And even now, we still can't win because he says if you weren't educated, didn't matter how much you knew about sports, you still wouldn't make a dime. All right, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Ginger and Dutch here on the Ginger and Dutch podcast. And uh, hope all the listeners out there had a chance to see Dutch and I fail miserably on the so-called whoa, soccer whoa, whoa, field. Whoa, 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 Van Nistelrooy, I ripped one right by your bean. I ripped one right by your bean. Did you see my kick save in a beauty? Yeah, and I also saw my slip kick there. I don't know what happened. I think it was the ball, but... I think that was a little uh, ghost of Diego Maradona haunting <laughs> you there. <laughs> that was fun, man. We're having a lot of fun with that. So make sure you're following us on the, all those outlets. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Real simple uh, tag at Ginger and Dutch one. And if you ever want to tag us, we have our own hashtag now, ginger, at Ginger and Dutch hashtag. So um, let's get to it. Truly oh, excited. So, so excited. So excited. We are jacked to have on a uh, friend of ours, Paul Jones. Are you on the line there for us? I am indeed. Beautiful. Uh, for our listeners here on the Ginger and Dutch podcast, I'd like to uh, give a formal uh, welcome and a hello to... Uh, the voice of the Raptors at the Fan 590, uh, analyst for NBA TV Canada. Um, been with the Raptors from uh, from the start, long time, uh, Mr. Paul Jones. Paul, welcome on to the Ginger and Dutch podcast. Thanks for coming on. Uh, it's good to be here and uh, good to see you guys getting industrious and starting your own uh, your own thing. I mean, we've done this for years, all of us sitting around after golf and chopping it up and you guys are trying to do something with it so good for you uh, thanks thanks jonesy yeah we're having some fun with it so we we really want to just pick your brain about uh, some raptors talk so let's get into it Stefan, you want to fire it up yeah and I'm, as i as we always do with most of our uh, our guests that we have on here uh just wanted to start for our listeners and, and give a little background to to paul but i'm going to let paul give it um i mentioned that you've been with the club for for so long as as the voice of the raptors and you know with john saunders and starting right from the start uh, but I believe in 1995 was was the year. Um, what what has it been like? What have those years been like, Paul? Uh, give us a little synopsis all the way from um, leading up from Damon Stoudemire to um, you know for you being able to put your hands on the the Larry O'Brien Trophy uh, and hold it yourself. Well, I, I will tell all our listeners that you guys also got to put your hands on the Larry O'Brien Trophy last you year. Stole, you, stole, uh, you stole my thunder, absolutely. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a dream come true for a, for a fan, for sure. Oh, I know. And, and for all you guys, and Steph, going back to what you said, um, when the team started in 95, it was great to be part of the NBA, but I suddenly realized how far this team had to go, the franchise had to go. And um, 
you know, there was a point when I said they were in the league, but they weren't in the league. Like they were playing the Knicks with Ewing and the Bulls with Jordan and the Jazz with Stockton and Malone and, you know, the the, the, the Lakers with Shaquille O'Neal or, or Orlando with Shaquille O'Neal. And they were in the league, but they weren't in the league. There was no chance of winning. And to watch it come full circle, get better, and then, you know, in the Vince era, and then go downhill again after the trade, and then get better in the Bosch era, and then go downhill after that. And then over the last seven or eight years, if you're a 12-year-old kid, all you've ever known is the Raptors being in the playoffs. And, and it wasn't always that way. But to, to be there in Oakland last year and to call the finals and watch the playoff run and experience it all. And, and as I said, to be able to share it with you guys, with Johnny, with you and Steph and, uh, you know, all our golf buddies, you know, that Jeff Pinero, all of us that play golf and, and hang out. And for me, when I got my hands on the trophy, uh, it was something I wanted to do, make sure that all of my buddies, all of the guys that were on the journey with me, watching this team go up and down and living and dying. And, you know, I, I phone you guys at 6.30 on a Friday night saying, what are you doing? I got two tickets and you guys would be there before I could hang up the phone. <laughs> it, it's important. It was important for me to have all the people that were on the journey with me get their hands on the trophy. So um, it's been crazy, Steph. It's been a great ride. And we sure hope that we can uh, we can get the uh, the trophy uh, to the golf course again this year, so we can get more pictures with it. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome? What do you think of the new um you know the the new schedule? I I, I know I was listening to your show, and you know we're set to return on the thirtieth here, Jonesy. And you know everybody knows the format now. We've got twenty two teams coming back, sixteen teams that are currently in the playoff spot, and then you've got those remaining um, the remaining teams fighting for eighth place. I'm looking at the schedule. I think it's the best format out of any of the the major leagues. Like you don't waste six months for for nothing to put together this uh, mini tournament. You've got to give these teams a an opportunity to at least, you know, put their spot in for whether they're looking for a top seed or to make the playoffs. How do you what do you think of the format? Do you like it? Yeah, I do. I think the NBA's thought it through very carefully, John, and making sure that um, up until March 9th, when it's shut down, all that stuff still means something. And you've got a few games here at the end, and then we're going to play for the money. And I, I think they did a good job of thinking it through and giving those teams that were in ninth that might still have a chance to make it in the last week, and they didn't have six games left, give them the play-in. I like that. I like the way the NBA's done it. It's not too quirky, and as you said, the regular season still means something yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the schedule coming up, I mean, where, where do you see the, the Raptors? We were, you know, we were talking about it, Steph and I today. They're, they're not really, a, I mean, maybe they are, they're not really a lock for number two. I was looking at the schedule and they got a tough, uh, they got a tougher goal than Boston. You think Boston can creep up and, and sneak that number two seed? Well, I, I don't know. The thing is, John, that, I mean, the Raptors and Boston don't really, uh, they've only played three of their four games and it was two, one Boston. Yep. Um, and, and Raptors would have had a chance to even the tiebreaker, but Toronto has a tougher schedule, uh, but, but they'd have it, they'd have it no other way, knowing Nick nurse and all those guys, the way I do, um, they're, they're not shying away from any, any competition or any challenge. So, um, while it's going to be tough, they still have, I mean, think about it. They're, 
they're what three games up with eight to go you got to fall pretty flat on your face to let go of that um so i i think they're going to finish two and the good thing for them is avoiding milwaukee till they get to the conference finals if seating holds true yeah, I, I I got them four and four coming out of this last eight games, which would which would get them into that. So I do agree on that, um, and I think they can make a run. They're they're starting to get healthy. Steph, what do you think? Well, I was I was going to try to pick uh, flip over to a you know an X's and O's side with with Paul because I I do always enjoy talking on X's and O's. Um, you know, a schmuck like me thinks he knows a little bit of, about that side, but uh, when I speak with Paul, I always get uh, taken to school a little bit. But um, <laughs> Paul, what? Um, Who's, who's the challenger for the Raptors in the East? Is it, is it the big dog in Milwaukee with Giannis? Um, or is it, is it the, you know, one of the best starting fives in Boston who lacks a little bit of size? Um, or is it even a Miami who gives them a tough goal? Like, who do you think is their toughest matchup coming out of the East? Uh, well, those are the three. And, and I would also throw in Philadelphia and Indiana. I don't, if Oladipo's playing and he's still kind of up in the air as we record this, um, Indiana's really well coached. They're an old school type of team with Nate McMillan. Um, a lot of the same philosophies as Toronto. So they're, they're a team. And then Philadelphia, they're all of a sudden they're healthy. Ben Simmons is healthy. Yep. Um, you know, they, they, they were, let's face it with, if Kawhi's four bouncer doesn't go in last year, who knows how far Philadelphia goes. So, I mean, I, I think you've nailed all those teams, Steph. And, and I think, um, the ability of a lot of those teams, with the exception of maybe Philadelphia, when they take Embiid off the court to play with a smaller, skilled lineup, is the challenge. It's a challenge for everybody. Uh, you know, how do you handle that? How do you handle Boston when they go with um, one big guy with just Jan- Daniel Tice? Yep. And they've got Jalen Brown on the court with Kemba Walker, who's battling knee issues. Yep. Uh, you know, Jason Tatum and, you know, pick a guy, yeah, yeah. Grant Williams or somebody like yeah. that. And and then Milwaukee goes with, you know, they go with, uh, you know, Bledsoe, um, um, Middleton around Giannis. And they, they put they put more shooters even down to, you know, Pat Connaughton or yep. people like that. They, they're, they're dangerous. And it's the way the games change now. But good thing for the Raptors is they can match that. I mean, they can put Kyle, Norm, Fred on the floor as three perimeters and play with two bigs and, and Serge and Mark or play with one big and Mark and play with Pascal at the four. So there's there's uh, there's real versatility, and I think that's the key. Who has, who has the ability to mix and match lineups and who can guard their position better than anybody else? So, so who do you think's the X factor, though, Jonesy, for for us, for the Raptors? Like, I mean, you, you, obviously we know Kyle's the the leader, and you know when he's off the floor, who's who's the X factor? Um, it's hard, John, because there are so many guys. When you look at the stats, the Raptors have lost more man games to injury than every team but four. They're in the top five of man games lost to injury. Yet all those teams are out of the playoffs. Yeah. The only team there is Portland, and they're in ninth or tenth or wherever they are. Yeah. And Toronto's had all these guys step up. Chris Boucher has been big when he's had a chance to play. Um, you know, in Boston one night, Nick Nurse goes down the bench at the end of the third quarter and 
points to O'Shea Brissett, and he comes up big. And when Mark Gasol was out, Serge has been having a terrific year. So I don't think there's one guy, John. I just think it's where Nick Nurse sniffs the matchup, and he says, you're my guy for this matchup where we can take advantage. Go do it. Yeah, and you mentioned you mentioned Boucher there, and, and that was a great little segue into my, my next question about this team is now healthy. Gasol's now back. Um, Powell had been struggling with injuries up until uh, the break. Um, how how do you feel the bench shakes out? You know, you know, we had the bench mob there um, a couple of years back, and and everybody kind of had that role. But you know, I felt this year that you know everybody's role was changing, and it was so malleable um, on a week by week basis because of all the man games lost. Um, but now that everybody's healthy, and and let's say everybody is healthy. You know, what do you see the role for, um, you know, a Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, a, a Chris Boucher, a Norm Powell, for that matter, who's really impressed all year long? Um, how, how would you see it playing out, Paul? Some of those guys just have to be patient, Steph, because, I mean, it was easy for Nurse, in a sense, to juggle eight or nine guys because he only had eight or nine guys. Now he's got 11. <laughs> now he's got 12. So... Um, they have to understand that it's not about hurting feelings. Sometimes the matchup doesn't call for you and you have to stay in your role because your role is an, it's an important part of, you know, if we're cooking gumbo, you're an important part. Sometimes you need more spice than the other in a certain spot. So, you know, a guy like Rondé, who's a hustle guy, they may not need him some nights. And, and you know, a guy like, uh, uh, you know, a, a guy like Norm, uh, you know, if the matchup is right, then then you're going to need more of him. Um, if if the pace of the game is such that you need Norm to be in there, and he's one of the best fast break scorers in the NBA, then you use him. And and all these guys are comfortable with their roles, Steph. And it's important that they stay in their roles. You lose playoff series and you lose games when guys try to step outside of their personality. And Nick has been really good of having guys understand what they do best and staying within their role. Yeah, and that's that's a great little insight for for our listeners on, you know, nurses' philosophy and and a little bit of background there. And you talked about guys staying in their role. Um, just got off yesterday about listening to a little uh, press conference from Nick Nurse, and I hasn't been confirmed, but there's rumors about um, seeing OG bringing the ball up the floor a little bit more. Um, taking a lead on that point guard role. What's the philosophy behind that in your mind, Paul? What's what what is what is Nick Nurse thinking there? Like, is he trying to get Kyle Moore as a scorer coming off some screens on the on the wings, or is he just trying to see what he's got in OG here in eight games and see if it's something that he can work with in the future? Well, you need playmakers, and that is part of the philosophy, Steph, to have uh, Kyle, Fred, guys off the ball because it's very hard to handle the ball and score and still be a distributor. So, you know, you can get Kyle, Fred, Pascal moving, running off screens, and and you're just to have a guy like OG initiating the offense, and then away you go. Because the Raptors' philosophy offensively is such that Nick Nurse always says, you when you get the ball, you drive it, you pass it, or you shoot it. Don't hold it. So all you need to do is get it up to half court. All you need to do is get into the offense, and then you'll have certain, as he calls it, actions going, whether it's screening away, screen and roll actions, 
um, all, all of those things. And it doesn't always have to be Kyle or Fred doing that. We can we see OG doing it. Kawhi did a lot of it last year. We see Pascal doing it this year. So um, it, it really makes it difficult. And, it you know, it, it brings a, a guy who's, I mean, we see Marcus Gasol at the elbow. It brings a big man away from the basket to open it up for drives and for, for cutting. Um, so uh, I, I just like what Nick Nurse has done with the offense and the way he's thinking that we don't have to be traditional with this. We're going to mix it up. Um, and, and the last thing, guys, the Raptors are a team that they're one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Yeah. And a guy like Fred or Norm or Kyle will pick a guy up full court. Well, Nick doesn't want somebody picking up Kyle full court and wearing him down. And if OG's bringing the ball up, it's it's not going to be like the guy who's guarding him is going to pick him up full court or be able to um, do that consistently or make him work because OG's a good ball handler. Pascal's a good ball handler. So it's just a way of, you know, uh, taking a little bit of the load off your guys and, and just initiating your offense in a different way. Yeah, and then, you know what? Let me put you on the spot here. Like, and, and you just answered it, but let me put you on the spot. If, if we're in, in clutch time, we don't have Kawhi. Who's taking that? Who's taking that big shot? I mean, is it going to be by committee, like you're like you're saying? I mean, that's the way I would look at it. I mean, keep everybody uh, honest for sure. We don't have really that one, that one clutch. Or who's taking that last shot? Well, I'll tell you what, guys. I'll give you a little story. Um, everybody remembers the game last year against Phoenix, not this past year, the season before, when uh, Nick Nurse drew up the game winner for Pascal Siakam. And he, he hit a left-hand layup over Mikhail Bridges to win the game. And a couple nights later, we were on a road trip, and I was walking to the plane with Nick. We were on the tarmac walking up the steps. And I said, Coach, you want a close one tonight? I said, uh, you didn't need that last play. He said, but I had it drawn up. And I said, who'd you have it drawn up for tonight? He said, Norm Powell. So Nick is not afraid to go to whoever he feels has an advantage or, you know, use his gut. And to answer your question, John, I think you're going to see the hands, the ball in the hands of Kyle, Fred, or Pascal, but they may not necessarily take the last shot. Yeah. Put the ball in the hands of your best player and then let him make the decision. I mean, we see, you guys have watched the last dance. Yep. We saw Jordan give it up to Kerr and Paxson. Um, you know, we see guys all the time have the ball, make a play, and sometimes that play is giving it up. LeBron comes under fire a lot for doing that, but a lot of times he makes the right basketball play. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's an absolutely amazing insight. That's exactly what I was uh, was trying to get at there. Uh, I think Nurse has done a great job with it. Listen, I want to go into a little bit of a, a deeper subject here. You know, the NBA is about to make their mark um, in their return with obviously a major global issue going on in, uh, with racism and Black Lives Matter um, by allowing the players to put statements on their jerseys. Um, do you feel the NBA is sending a, a powerful enough message, Jonesy, with the few generic statements that they're allowing them? Or should have the players have had a, a choice to express themselves with their own statements? John, I, I, I like the fact that the NBA is giving the players uh, the ability to do that. But I think, I mean, you can't say, okay, go ahead. Exp we're, we want you to express yourself and then limit what they can say. And I thought Norm Powell said it best when he wanted to put 
on the back of his jersey, am I next? And the NBA had had a list that, and that one didn't qualify on the list. And I was talking to a friend of mine who had a great idea, said that, you know what, Norm, um, Norm should have been able to uh, submit his request and then have the NBA approve or deny it. And as Norm said, as long as it's not vulgar, as long as it's not, you know, um, out of line, then let him have it. Correct. Let him let him do it. And and, uh, you know, some of the guys will use the generic ones. I know Rondé Hollis Jefferson is going to use speak up. Um, But John, to to your initial question, yes, the NBA is doing a great job. And I, I always say this, if eradicating racism uh and using pro sports as a vehicle is a marathon then the nba's run 10 miles they've run a long way of the 26 but there's still a long way to go as opposed to in my eyes baseball football who maybe run a mile and you know hockey who's been around the block a couple times you know um there's still a long way to go even as far out far in front as the NBA is. And as far as they've gone, there's still a long way to go, but I like the fact that they're willing to give their constituents willing to give the players a voice in how to do it. Yeah, I agree, Paul. You know, we were speaking off air before we, we brought you on here, uh, you know, a few weeks back and you mentioned to me that, that you're only one of four uh, commentators from, you know, the NBA that, that is of a minority and, and that those numbers just still don't add up to me. And, and there's still a long way to go. And, now was the time to um, allow these players to express themselves and, and it, and it needed to be done. And I just think the NBA, you know, I love Adam Silver. I love what he does. I love his open-mindedness, but I think they could have went just that one little step further to help the, themselves, help the players, which are most important and help all of the victims um, to police brutality, to everything across the board to express themselves and get that message out there. Does that make sense, Paul? It does. It does, uh, Steph. And when you think about it, um, it's it's a movement. It's a cause. And, and we're, what, seven weeks out now from the George Floyd yep. public murder? Yeah. And it just feels to me, guys, like the momentum's waning. It's not in the headlines anymore. And some of the players were worried that, oh, if we go back, it'll be a distraction. It'll take away. Well, no, I'm glad they're back. Yeah. And you know, Tobias Harris had his media availability a couple of days ago and they asked him about Westbrook and T-shirts that he made around Black Lives Matter and, and all of that. And Tobias Harris said, with all due respect to the T-shirts, I'd like them to step up and arrest the people that, that murdered Breonna Taylor. Yeah. And if you ask me any question today, that's going to be my answer. Yeah. What a powerful statement to keep the movement at the forefront. Yeah. I don't want to talk about basketball. I want to talk about fixing the world. And I, and I think those players that said, oh, I don't want to play because it takes away from the movement. Now they see, it, it, guys, to me, what was normal before wasn't working. And it wasn't working for black people. And suddenly it wasn't working for white people either. And we had all this upheaval. Now it seems like we're, we're slowly going back to normal. And I, I don't like that. I think the movement needs to to kind of keep going and gain some more momentum. It, it has to keep going and it has to continue and it's got to continue, you know, day in and day out until we can finally, you know, 
flip that switch like what about yourself you know you were you know I know you were you've spent most of your life you were born in Jamaica but you spent most of your life in Toronto and you know did it how did it affect you through high school and you know when you went to York University which I might add that you did win three provincial championships with a former coach of mine and mentor in Ev Spence I believe he played on all three of those teams and he was a fellow Jamaican did you guys see it and did it affect you growing up through your your sporting career Paul? We saw it, um, and we were of the philosophy in that time period that don't let it affect you. Um, when, as we record this, it'll be exactly a year to the day that we buried my father. And my dad was a huge Brooklyn Dodger Jackie Robinson fan. I'm a New York Mets fan, and my dad still called him an expansion team. And um, his... The, the, Jackie Robinson, the philosophy was, you know what's coming in terms of racism, name-calling, derogatory statements. As long as it's not physical and you don't have to defend yourself physically, because you do that, but otherwise, shake it off. Just be better. Just be better. And that's the way we were taught, John. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Ev was like that, too. He went on to be you know, a, a, a teacher, a department head, and phys ed, a great coach, then transitioned into the financial planning world, uh, is retired now. His parents had a Jamaican bakery down on Eglinton Avenue. And like we, the, the, the old school parents were, we don't want to hear how rough the water is. Just bring the damn ship. Yep, yep. So be better. Be better. Don't tell me about obstacles. Get over them. Get around them. Get through them. I don't, I don't care. Just be better. And so that's, that was our take at it. We saw it, John, Steph, we saw it, we experienced it, but the philosophy was don't say anything, just be better. And it's only at this later stage in my life that I'm kind of speaking up about it. But even then what's been ingrained in me before, you know, you're a little fearful of retribution or reprisal in your job or in society. You just, you speak up, but you just know you're still going to have to get past it in some way or other. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the toughest part. And that's where, um, you know, the non-minorities have to be better as well. And they have to be there to support and, and just listen and be enlightened and get knowledge and, and see it from the other side to be there to help. Um, that would be kind of my message yeah. um, in, in closing. Yeah. Well said guys. You know what? Yeah. I, I appreciate, you know, this is the first time we've kind of went a little bit deep into something different, uh, but it needs to be out there. And, and you know what, we've got a, a good following of listeners. So we want everybody to know where, where we stand with it too. So we appreciate the input on that, Paul. Well, it's funny, Johnny, because I've known you and Steph and the group of us, uh, you know, Matt Savage and Ben Reed and Jeff Pinero and, and Steph's brother, Alec, and the group of us, we've, we've, we've hung out, we've played golf, we've watched basketball together, we, we chop it up, and we never talked about this, yep. partially because there was never really a need to talk about it. I knew how you guys felt. Yep. Your actions showed me the way you were. I did, it was not something I ever had to call you guys on or say, hey, you know, we need to talk about this. Yep. But there are some people that are uncomfortable with it and it is a time to try to educate those people and, and get to those people that are uncomfortable and, and are harboring those kinds of attitudes. Let's get them out on the table. Let's educate people. Let's change things and let's go to the top 
in terms of changing hiring practices and everything else that trickles down from there. Yeah, well said. No, no better way to leave it there, right there, Paul. So um, you mentioned a little bit of golf there. So let's let's flip the switch there. And I know you've got the new show. And for our listeners, uh, make sure you're listening to uh, to Smith and Jones. Um, on the radio on the fan 590 every single day they're doing more than just basketball they're they're chopping it up with all all different sports had uh mike florio on from pro football talk today so that was fantastic for those football fans out there but uh jonesy i know you're an avid golfer did you get a chance to watch a little bit of uh, memorial at jack's place this weekend i did um it was funny because i was listening on the way up on friday when tiger was five over he made bogey at like he made bogey at 15 and he was five over and the cut line was three over. And I thought he's done. I can't believe I'm not going to see tiger on the weekend. And then he goes birdie, birdie par and gets on the line, gets on the number and makes it in. So, um, you know, what was, you know, what was nice to see guys at the Memorial Bryson DeChambeau taking a 10 on a par five. Undisciplined, undisciplined. And he was a a bag of pucks after that. Uh, it's it's nice to see sometimes they hit it like Paul Jones on a Saturday morning with his buddies, you know, and um, um, but I, I got great respect for those guys. Um, uh, I, I love some of the the young up and coming guys. I mean, I'm a Tiger fan, but man, how can you not like Rory and, and, and Kepka and, and Justin Thomas and, you know, some of these guys that, you know, the, the, the new young breed that are coming up and are playing so well, it's it's really transformed the sport, and I, I love the way, the direction it's going. Yeah, it's crazy how they can uh, transform a golf course from one week to another and, and go literally 12 shots difference and see the cut line. I mean, you know, grow the rough, stop watering, greens were crazy. Um, it was definitely U.S. Open uh, material, and, and I certainly enjoyed it. I You know, I'm more on the, the other side where I, I – I'd take even par, but they're just too good that it doesn't matter anymore what they do to these courses. They still can put up double digit uh, under par. It's crazy. Johnny, I'm with, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, my favorite tournament is the U S open because they set up the course that par wins. That's it. And I, I'm almost ashamed when they come to the Canadian open and the winning score is 22 under par at Glen Abbey or St. George's or whatever. I mean, these are the these guys are the best in the world. Test them, and they're going to complain about it. But so what? Like you, we're set it up for you to show me your yeah. skill. And it was, you know, it's like it's like, you know, the 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 open across the pond, the British Open. I love when Mother Nature's playing yep. too, and it's raining sideways, and the wind is howling, and you, you, you know, you can hit a wedge, two o five, and then turn around, and on the back back end, you've got to hit a you got to hit a driver to make it one eighty. And I remember talking to Steph and Alec how, you know, their dad taught them to play in the wind in Glasgow. And, I, you know, it's, it, 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 it needs to be done. If you're the best in the world, then take the test. Yep. Take the test. If you can pass it. And I'm with you, Johnny. If, if even par wins, then I'm watching some real good golf. That's it. That's it. Well, we'll get you on the link soon. Listen, are you, um, are you heading down to Orlando to do any of the broadcasts, or is this all um, with, with everything going on? Are you, uh, you staying local for sure, right? All studio, John. Um, the TSN games will be done from the studio and agent court, and the fan games will be done from uh, Rogers Campus, One Mount Pleasant. So luckily, we're all local, and we don't have to worry about any of the stuff that's going on in Florida. 
Awesome. Well, that's glad to hear. I'm, I, I, I know I sent a message out to you, uh, you know, about a month back and I was happy to hear that you'll be, uh, you'll be up here in Canada staying safe and sound where the, the, the COVID numbers are a little down from, from the Florida area and, um, glad to hear. So Paul, uh, once again, thanks so much for coming on. It's greatly appreciated. Thanks to all, uh, our listeners for listening. Some great insight on, uh, some Raptors talk, some Eastern conference talk, NBA talk. Once again, if uh, you haven't had a chance to listen to uh, to Smith and Jones, make sure you're on there on the Fan 590. And Paul, before uh, before we go, uh, Johnny's going to hit you up with a little story from your principal days here uh, before we let you go. So I got a qu- I got right. a question for you. One of our listeners just fired me a text here. Walter Scott Public School. Were you you were VP or pre- principal there? It was my first school in York Region. I had been at two schools as an administrator in Toronto. And uh, the drive was quite taxing from um, York Region down into Toronto. So I made the move and I became, that was my first school as a principal in 2000. I heard you were a pretty, uh, a tight, uh, a tight principal. 24 kids playing tackle football suspension. Really? Well, I warned them though, Johnny. <laughs> there were, we, we were, we had, we had kids getting hurt and parents were on me. You know, what kind of a place are you running there? <laughs> You know, how can you allow them to play tackle football? And I went outside. I said, boys, I love sports more than all of you. You could put it all together and you still wouldn't come close to me. But the next time there's a tackle football game going on out here, you're all going home. Love it. And they looked at me as if to say, they looked at me as if to say, screw you. We'll see if you mean that. And Johnny, that day I went outside. There was a tackle football game going on. I started the suspension letters at 10.30 in the morning at recess, <laughs> and I finished them all at 5 to 6, calling all the parents, and they all went home for two days. I love it. Oh, good for you. Good oh, for you, that's Paul. that's too funny. Well, we really appreciate that. We thought, we thought we'd throw that in there. <laughs> Who ratted me out? Um, I can't say. <laughs> Oh, unnamed no, sources. No, he's, unnamed sources. No, no, he's a good buddy of mine. His name's Trevor. I'll leave it at that. Okay. He ended okay. up going on to play uh, uh, for the Ottawa GGs. He was a, a, a college uh, college football player, so uh, he had to throw that in there. He says, oh, Paul Jones. He says, oh, you better tell him this. He says, I still will never forget that as long as I live. So. I'm glad I made him a good football player. There you though. go. There you go. Well, we appreciate everything <laughs> again, uh, Jonesy. Um we're going to sign off. Uh, have a fantastic evening. Uh, let's go Raptors. Bring another title home. Thanks for having me, guys. It was nice to get that trophy back to the golf course again. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. What a great chat, agent. Eh? Jonesy just has so much information. He, it's just It flows so smooth. He's an he's a absolute pleasure to have on. Yeah, just a wealth of knowledge across the board and can dial it up like a Rolodex whenever you need it. So. Absolutely. Uh, let's uh, send that to uh, to break, and when we got we get back for our listeners, we're gonna get through the ginger and Dutch blitz. So we'll catch you on the flip side. I cannot believe these guys picked me to do their next ad. They're lucky they wrote me something to say because if it were up to me, I would expose them for who they really are. They think they can talk NFL football. Look at them. One guy has red hair and glasses and cheers for the Bills. And the other guy has ears the size of Dumbo and is a Vikings fan. Give me a break, guys. Fantasy football, they know nothing. I am a back-to-back champion and own their league. 
Ginger and Dutch? More like loser and sucks. Oh shit, did I just send them this ad? Ah, well. You are now listening to the Ginger and Dutch podcast, where real life sports passion meets real life sports talk. You're listening to another episode of Excellence by Ginger and Dutch. Welcome back from break, folks. Looks like it's my turn to rip off the GND Blitz. Uh, you ready for this, Ginger? We got five topics, five minutes, short and sweet. You ready? Let's get her done. Here we go. MLB. Starting up a week today. We got Toronto Boston tonight for two games. Wait a minute. <laughs> the feds came in. They don't even have anywhere to play. What the heck's going on? Dutch, I don't know what to tell you. I'm jacked in one sense. Thursday night, we got Garrett Cole, Max Serger. We got Johnny Cueto, Clayton Kershaw. We got four out of the top eight pitchers in the MLB. Meanwhile, I look here. The Blue Jays don't even have a spot to play. They're trying to find out Pittsburgh. Are we in Buffalo? Are we not in Buffalo? Just an absolute shit show. They're supposed to have a home game next week. Yep. What the hell is going on here? MLB, get your act together. We got to get this going because I am jacked for baseball, summertime. That's what it's all about. Like I said on other podcasts, but uh, they've got to figure this out. I do agree with the Fed stepping in. Yep. And not allowing... Uh, yeah, no, I agree too. RCJ stepped in and they uh, they they were like, wait a minute, we've, we've canceled our national championship. Why are we allowed to do this? It, it, it makes total sense. It's, we all know what's going on down south. They're going to Tropicana Field after uh, Boston for a couple more exhibition games. And then they're going to be like, okay, now where do we go for our next game? So it's a joke. It's too bad that it's, uh, it's where it is. Um, we want to see baseball and we want to see uh, the Jays at home. I get it. They can't. But let's find a home for them so we can get going. Number two. NFL opening up a can of worms with everything going on. Players starting to resist. COVID protocol daily, I heard, for the first two weeks. Tell me what's going on here. It's, it seems like it's its own shit show. Yeah, and they're starting to have the same issues as all these other leagues, and they're just trying to figure it out. They've had all this time, like Patrick Mahomes said. The players had a big blitz on Sunday, um, voicing about health and safety concerns. But they'll get it figured out. This is the shield and nothing's going to deflect it. Not to worry. Everybody just take a big deep breath here. We will get this figured out. They've got a COVID protocol that they've agreed to now. You have to have two negative tests within a a four-day period. One on the first, one on the fourth day. They'll get the rookies in. Some of the rookies are reporting today. Um, So not to worry, folks. There will be NFL football. Will there be fans in the stadium? I'm leaning more towards no now, but uh, you never know. There could be it could be as crazy as some teams are having them and some teams aren't. Yes, New York already said that they weren't going to, right? They made that official. Yep, the Jets yep. and the Giants are not in having fans. Uh, the Bills, our beloved Bills, are still hanging on to the dream. For how much longer, we don't know. Well, but good news, Jacksonville fans. You don't get any fans there anyway, so it really doesn't matter if there's any fans in the stands. Number three, TFC, TFC. Hey, they're into the round of 16. Pretty solid. Three games. They're uh, right where you thought they would be, Dutch. A good call on that. You uh, had them way back when, when we first brought them up into that final eight, and you are bang on correct, sir. I don't see them getting eliminated in the round of 16. Um, I got lost in the math. I'm a math guy, and I couldn't even figure it out. I was doing some research. Yeah. And there's 15 million trillion scenarios, A, A3, C3, B2, yep. 1, 4, 6. I don't know what's going on, but I do know that they will be into that final 16. 
Um, yeah, they're only tough out as if they, if they if they for somehow lo- um, lose out on the first seed. Right now, they're in the first seed, and it all depends on what happens tonight with uh, uh, Montreal Impact and DC United. They play tonight. Um, depending on the outcome there, they could end up being the two seed, which means that they're going to have to play the Philadelphia Union. And the Philadelphia Union had a, had an amazing three games. They won two had two wins and a draw, so they're coming in hot. I do think TFC's getting healthy. They brought Altador back in uh, this morning. Uh, they are ready to roll. They're primed for it. And what about that rookie kid, uh, uh, Aoya Iconola, as I'm going to pronounce it? Five goals, hat trick. We got some talent here. They they may make a deeper run. And 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 I, I'm going to throw this out there here. And it's going to be we're not going to go Dutch's dog here. But I I think that they uh, they may make it all the way to the semis finals. They're uh, they're going to make a deep run here. Yeah, and you, you nailed it. Um, they've been holding back some of their, their big players. Altador has only seen the, the uh, field for four minutes here. Yep. He's going to be uh, spry as a daisy. Pozuelo's just feeding the kid and letting him score. And they still have got uh, Steady Evie Zavaleta, friend of the show, um, in the back end there. Griffin Dorsey hasn't seen the field yet. So this team is so deep. Uh, they're ready to go. I don't see anybody getting in their way for uh, the next two rounds, and I agree with you, Dutch. I, I can't argue here. I think it's a final four spot for TFC, and and there's yep. no argument. Yep. Number four, open for the ages. Now, you got to be a golfer, and you rubbed it in, and you just did not stop talking about it all weekend long. And it, it, in fact, I heard more about the open for the ages than the Memorial uh, Golf Tournament, which is Big Jack's tournament. What an unbelievable tournament display so for the avid golfer what they did is they compiled all for the last 50 years from the british open um at st andrews they compiled all the best golfers in the world and they made a a, a basically a virtual golf tournament with all live footage to ultimately get one winner that the fans actually picked who was going to win you couldn't get enough of it what do you think was it not absolutely epic work yeah i've been saying for our entire podcast here we've started this whole podcast through this the COVID-19 pandemic and one thing that I've been pounding the table on for all of the 14 15 16 weeks we've been doing this Dutch is creativity and what more creativity than that you cancel an open championship a national championship the longest running golf tournament Mm -hmm. in history and the, you did not disappoint by providing this. If you are even a golf fan, if you are just a fringe golf fan that knows about Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus, please, please, please go on and watch this. This is really cool stuff. Uh, like Dutch said, compiled highlights over the last 50 years of, of all of the golf's greatest. Severiano Ballesteros, Jack Nicklaus, Tom Watson, Faldo, the, the who's who of golf. Um, really cool. And a little three-hour special on Sunday to cap it all off. Um, yeah, I was showing absolutely anybody and everybody that had any ear to listen. Did they get it right, though? Was Jack the guy that should have won? Of course he was. Yeah. 19 majors. Yeah. Tiger hasn't got there yep. yet. Yeah. They did it right. The fans voted right. They compiled historical data, as they said. Um, but they got it right. Yeah. It went down to the last hole. I won't uh, I won't uh, spoil it for too many. But uh, really, really cool. Well done, RNA. On the open for the ages. Number five, this week's golf picks. Yeah, I know, I know you pick Rom. You can just give me that little uh, how's she going there. Well, I what I do hope, I'm not going to rub it in your face, Dutch, because it is cool that I did pick a winner. But I what I do hope is that the listeners listened. You know what? I struggled in the first week. I picked a guy that wasn't even in the golf tournament. And he got better every week. And I got better 
And you know what? I, uh, you know, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. And John Rahm won that golf tournament for me. And uh, even with the bogus, hope, even with the bogus penalty, that's correct. But uh, what I do hope is a couple of our listeners won a few shekels off uh, off of that pick and listened to the old ginger. Well, that being said, uh, I think I might have listened to ginger for our picks this week, even though we did our own separate research. We'll just call a spade a spade. It's a lackluster field for the 3M Open out in uh, the Twin Cities. Last year's defending champ was Matt Wood. Um, sorry, Matthew Wolf, I should say. And um, that was his first uh, tournament win as a rookie. I don't think he's got a chance this week. I, uh, I'm leaning towards uh, Harris English and Lucas Glover. And, of course, you picked those two as well. I did indeed, which is crazy that we're both on the same page. And then my third was uh, was good old Chucky, Charles Howell. I, I think he's going to have a, a solid week. I know he uh, he faded away last week, but um, well, who's your third? I got Tony Finau. Tony Finau. Well, Flash, I thought you Flash. said he was overrated, though. He, he is overrated, <laughs> but I'm hoping that he can win like you said, a lackluster field. Uh, he doesn't seem to win in the big fields, but he flashed early last week in the first two rounds and uh, kind of held on and still had, a, I think, a T4 finish last week. So I'm hoping that uh, on a little bit of a lighter field that Tony Finau can uh, cash the big check. And uh, listeners, we feel good about these picks. Don't be worried about putting a few shekels down on these ones. That's it. I think we might go two for two here. So, uh, Great segment. That's a good way to end it. Uh, I'll let you finish this off, uh, Ginger. It was a pleasure, uh, again, speaking with Paul Jones and, uh, and another uh, fantastic episode. So sign us off, Ginger. Well, this is actually a different spot for me because, you know what, usually I give you the last thought, but... Uh... Yeah, you stole the thunder. I had to throw a curveball in for sure. There we go. So, um, yeah, you nailed it. Fantastic insight from Paul Jones. A longtime friend. We've known him through uh, NBA basketball, through a little bit of golf. So it was great to have him on for our listeners to listen to. Um, Not going to get a better guy than Paul Jones. So um, make sure for our listeners out there that you are tuning in to uh, Smith & Jones on the Fan 590 Um, They're doing a little bit of everything, basketball, golf, football, across the board. And uh, you're tuning in to our weekly challenges and staying up to date with the Ginger and Dutch podcast at uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Sounds great. Next week, we've got a cool sponsor and we've got a fun weekly challenge. Signing off for the Ginger and Dutch podcast. We'll see you next week. I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch. Thank you.